Welcome to another episode of Reverse Ambition, a podcast that features those who take a leap of faith to follow their dreams and their passions. My name is Kelsey Cooper, also known as The Social Broker, and I'm very excited to speak with today's guest. She's a trailblazing expert in the field of dentistry. She's a number one best-selling author and is an award-winning cosmetic dentist to the stars such as Cardi B, Wendy Williams, Anthony Anderson, Common, just to name a few. She was recently voted as one of the top 25 women in dentistry by Dental Products Report magazine and was also named as one of Clear's most influential dentists in America. Known as the Queen of Smiles, she has shared teeth whitening tips and oral health tips on national TV shows like The Dr. Oz Show, as well as local TV morning shows across America. She is from Flint, Michigan, but she currently practices in Brooklyn, New York, Please welcome celebrity dentist, Dr. Catrice Austin, the queen of smiles. What up, Catrice? Hey, how you doing tonight? Girl, I'm good, man. I appreciate you for getting on here uh, to share your journey with me and my listeners. I'm very excited uh, to get our pleasure. conversation to- you know, going because I know you have a dope yeah. story. <laughs> yes, yes. It's been a journey the last 24 years and... I'm happy to share it with you and your audience. I'm so happy that we reconnected on LinkedIn. I ha- hadn't been seeing you out in the streets lately, so I figured, hey, LinkedIn is how we do it. Yeah, man. I slow down a little bit, but we'll talk about that later. Let's talk about you, though. <laughs> um, okay. My first question is usually walk me through your journey in terms of let us know where you're from where you grew up, where you went to school, what you majored in, and how did you get to where you are today? Man, well, I am a Flint, Michigan native. Uh, I grew up there, and uh, I attended University of Michigan undergrad during the glorious years of the Fab Five and Desmond Howard and uh, right when Michigan was really popping, so it was a, a very exciting time to be at, at Michigan. Um, I majored in psychology, but I discovered that I wanted to be a dentist when I was in high school in Flint, Michigan, Flint Central Stand Up. Um, I um, I discovered that I wanted to be a dentist when I uh, well, I grew up not being happy about my smile. I was actually pretty embarrassed about my teeth mm. all the way from elementary school all the way to high school. But what happened was when I got to high school, my mom knew how insecure I was and about my smile and how introverted I had been all my life. So when I thought I was going to get a g- general checkup and cleaning, she actually surprised me with the braces that I always wanted because my teeth were too long, they flared out, and I had I still have a little tiny gap between my two front teeth, but I had multiple gaps between mm. my teeth. And all my life I was called Bugs Bunny and all kinds of names, okay. which made me just feel so sad. So after I got my braces and wore them for a year, I knew after I actually personally felt the power of a smile and how it changed my life and how people looked at me at a different light. And I got my first boyfriend, joined mm. the dance squad, okay. was voted pretty smile. Yeah, it actually literally changed my entire life. So I was about 16 when I decided I wanted to be a dentist. So I went to University of Maryland, majored in psychology, but had my pre-dental requisites. And then after I graduated from Michigan, I attended 
dental school at University of Maryland in Baltimore. Mm. And um, I chose, um, well, the cool thing was Michigan and, and University of Maryland fought to have and recruit the most black dental students. Okay. So I had, I was going to be cool either way, mm-hmm. but I decided that, you know, I grew up in Michigan. If I stayed and went to Michigan for under, for dental school, I, I felt like I would never leave Michigan. So mm-hmm. I chose University of Maryland in Baltimore, and, and it was my chance to grow up, see another part of the world, and um, get that support. They really supported African-American dental students mm-hmm. there. And then I was close to Howard. So H-U. I get my little party on. H-U, get my you little know. party on when I could. And um, it was the best move ever. Um, so did yeah, did University of Maryland for four years. Undergrad is four years. Dental school is four years. And then I headed to New York City to start my career. Why New York? Huh? Why New York? Um, so when you graduate dental school, you have the option of doing a residency, that one-year extra training. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there happen to be more hospitals and dental training facilities in New York than there were in the D.C., Baltimore area. Okay. And then everybody that went to Howard's Dental School and Maryland's Dental School wanted to stay in the D.C., Maryland area, so it was very competitive. Mm. And then in my thoughts, I'm like, shoot, I've been in school for nine years. Why not go to New York and just turn up for a year, <laughs> do this training, right. just live life a little bit? And And that was literally the best thing that I ever did. Because in the 90s, I graduated dental school in 96. You already know what New York in the 90s was like what? with Diddy. Everything comedy, was on fire. Comedy Jam, man. When I got to New York, there was no way I was leaving New York City. I was like, I'm good. I am at home. This where did you where settle? Where part of New York did you settle? Um, so I went to um, Brooklyn. I, my my hospital was at Lutheran Medical Center in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Uh-huh. I lived in Brooklyn for the first like seven years of my life, and then I ended up moving to Jersey because I needed some space and some amenities. Right, but Brooklyn was where I started my career, and now I'm back in Brooklyn 24 years later. Wow! So yeah. after that year of training. Um, what did you do after that? Well, so during that year of training, I was still a little broke at student loans. So <laughs> this girl, yeah, you know how it is when you graduate, Hell you yeah. still don't have money. Right. So um, this girl that was doing the residency with me, she was like, you like comedy? I'm like, yeah, I love comedy. I like to laugh. So back then, you know, Deaf Comedy Jam was popping and comedy clubs in New York was popping. So um, every Sunday I go to the Boston Comedy Club in the village of New York and for five dollars you could see a comedy show and mind you like deaf comedy jam is just introducing us to all these comedians and they Mm -hmm. would show up at this comedy club okay which was five dollars and you see a young tracy morgan i saw kevin hart when he was just starting his career and i started going there every week and i started meeting comedians wow well they they literally became like my family members because they're like you're a dentist and at the time i was 27, 28, you are a dentist, you're black, you're female, and you're cool? That's dope. Hell yeah. 
Yeah, you you stay in New York and we'll support you. Wow. And so you, they started, um, we started going bowling every other Monday. And then they'd be like, you want to, I'm opening up for this music act because, you know, comedians open up shows. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of took me underneath their wings and I uh, started meeting more people in the industry. Meanwhile, back in, in back at the ranch, you had Club Envy, uh, Club Cheetah, uh, Puffy Hat. Oh, you was Dust, getting it in. So every, every, every Tuesday. Yeah, I just started to hit the streets in New York because once I saw that I could get access to celebrities, I was like, these are the people that need to have a beautiful smile. Mm -hmm. So I literally, without even having an office, I just put it on my business card to Dr. Catrice Austin, Dentist to the Stars. And I was like, I'm going to work this out. I'm going to speak it to an existence. And when I get, uh, I'm going to look for office space. And when I start to meet celebrities, I'm going to build a celebrity clientele. And that's what I did. I put it on my card. I hit all the New York hotspots. And then I went to Justin's one Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You know, Puffy used to have his restaurant, but at the end of the night, he turned that thing basically into a club. And everybody, Jay-Z, Mariah, everybody would go there. So wow. I see um, legendary Isaac Hayes. He was on the radio doing a radio show. He was just doing South Park, the TV show. So mm-hmm. he was kind of popping, and I'm like, man, my mom used to play his records all the time. Let me go over there and introduce myself. What do I got to lose? Wow. So I go over. He's having dinner with about five people, and I just go over and interrupt him and say, excuse me, Dr. Hayes. I mean, Mr. Hayes, I'm Dr. Catrice Austin. If you ever need a dentist, I am here in New York City. Let me know. I would love to be your dentist. And he was like, no, no way. You are not a dentist. Wow. And I'm like, yep. Yes, I am. He was like, sit down and have dinner with me. Oh, wow. And that turned my entire career and life around. How? Um, after after sitting down, having dinner with him, he was like, I believe in you. Hmm. Um, I'm going to support you. And so he, um, this, a lot of celebrities would do this back in the day. They would send their assistants and make sure I was legit because I didn't look like I could be legit uh, mm-hmm. at the time at 28 with my own practice. So you had your own um, so practice at 28? I did. I did. So while I was um, uh, setting up things, w- w- while I was doing my residency and I discovered that I wanted to stay in New York, I started looking for office space. So I went to the um How does somebody office. who is broke as hell find office space and afford an office space? This is how it, this, it just God, God being good. I went to the SBA office. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to need a loan. I'm going to need to figure out how to do, to do a business plan. Mm. And so I got a loan office, a, a small a SBA. Um, they have counselors. Mm-hmm. And so the counselor was like, huh, I actually just met this black female root canal specialist mm. in the library. Um, I need you to meet her because maybe she can help you, Dr. Karen Gear. So when I met her, she was like, I know tons of dentists that will let you rent space in their office they will need to share office space so that way you don't need to like get a hundred thousand dollar loan on top Mm. of the loans you're already paying right just rent space in somebody's office and that's how you start so she was like i know this dentist this black dentist that's on 57th street which if you're not if you're not in new york 57th street is like the rodeo drive Mm -hmm. of new york Mm -hmm. and so he she um took me to meet him and he was, he had been on 57th Street for like 35 years. So when I met him and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be the dentist to the stars, he was like, really? 
<laughs> you got this big, you got all these big dreams. He said, I'm going to put you to the test. I'm going to help you. And a matter of fact, I'm going to let you use my office. I'm not going to charge you rent. I'm going to let you use it for free. You got six months, young lady. 57th Street. Six months to build your business without me charging you. And let me see what you got. Let me see what you, you got these dreams. Go for it. Wow. And that's how I started my business. Wow. For free with the help of a black male dentist on 57th Street. What's so his name? once I had the space, boom, it was, I was good to go. Mm. What and was the so dentist I that helped your name? Huh? Oh, Dr. Albert Thompson. Mm, okay. Dr. Albert Thompson. So I owe him everything because who, do, who does that? without wanting anything. Wow, so, exactly. That was amazing. So once I got, I said, okay, I'm going to be the dentist to the stars. Now I got the location. Now I got my first celebrity client because uh, Isaac sent his assistant. She came, gave me the thumbs up, and then he was actually in my chair. And then I was legit. I didn't have to fake it till I made it anymore. Mm. I had my first celebrity client. And then my mother was like, you know what? If you're going to be a celebrity dentist, you need a publicist. Now, what? back in the 90s, you know, dentists having, you know, publicists is what the celebrities got. Uh-huh. So she was like, you need, a, you need a publicist. If you're going to do this, you need to do this. So uh-huh. she was like, I know exactly who you need to call. Call Eddie Murphy's publicist, Terry oh. Williams. Wow, yeah, I know yeah, Terry. Just, yeah, call Terry Williams. So I cold called Terry Williams. Introduce myself, tell her who I am, what I do. And she was like, dentist to the stars, black dentist. Oh, this is a great story. But, honey, the, the, the accounts that I handle are 50000 a month or Damn. higher. So, yeah, I'm not in your price budget, but my girl Renee Foster is. Give her a call. Wow. Uh, give Renee a call. She was like, girl, I need my teeth done. You do, You do my teeth. I'll do your PR and let's get it. Wow. That's what happened. I bartered some free publicity to do her cleanings and be basically her dental plan. And she got me in essence, black enterprise that just completely start just, just took my brand to the next level. Wow. So you did that within six months or I did that within, uh, let's see, Isaac came within the first six months and then, I will, the PR came in the first year for sure. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, Isaac is like taking me to the Grammys, taking me to the Acapulco Black Film Festival. Was he trying to he holler at you up, or he's just being straight a good dude? Compl- that's the cool thing. He never tried to holler, which was the most respectful thing because you think somebody like that just putting you on, they're going to want to sleep with you. Mm-hmm. Never. Because you were a young thing too. You were like 28. Beautiful yeah, smile. Yeah, young and fine. Body still. The swag was on point. <laughs> still, yeah, everything on point. So that was the most, uh, the, what, I, what I respected about him so much. Gave me, he was on the radio, so he had a mailing list. He's like, here's my, here's my mailing list. What? Send out flyers or whatever you need to to anybody you want. And wow. so, yeah. You remember the Prasire brothers? Who, yeah, um, those are my guys. Yeah, they also, they their offices were on 57th Street, down the street from my office. Mm-hmm. So when I, I actually reached out to them because they, they had the Tangeray account. They used to do Tangeray parties, all that. kinds of parties. Yeah, so they had a huge mailing list. So I got this aha moment like, let me hit up the Persire Brothers, 
see if they have dental insurance. Of course they don't. Mm-hmm. Now that I know that bartering works, let me see if they will barter <laughs> some dentistry for their mailing list. Uh-huh. And they did it. So I, I became the dentist for the Persaud Brothers. They gave me their mailing list. Now their mailing list had corporate accounts, all the music record labels, right. had everybody. So right. I did flyers to all the record labels, which happened to be on 57th Street or Broadway, all in the vicinity of my office. Was their mailing list segmented? Huh? Was the Passau Brothers list segmented or you had to do that yourself? The mailing uh, list. Shoot, I just I just sent it to the whole list. I didn't, It wasn't segmented. I just said, whoever's on this list, they get in the flyer with my picture on it saying, <laughs> to the stars. And I, so, I sent out those postcards and with the picture on it, People were amazed because still in New York, it's, people think black. there's not a lot of black dentists in mm. New York. So back in the 90s, they're like, there is a black dentist on 57th Street mm-hmm. that's young, female, and she do celebrities. Mm-hmm. So my business just took off from there. Wow. What, so, where you got all that energy from? What drove you to just <sighs> hit the ground running? Um, like You know, I always had just a... I think hustlers are born. You're either born a hustler or you've had, you're so tired of being broke and Mm. poor. Which one (laughs) was it? You were born a hustler or were you just tired of being broke? I think that I was born. I think that I was, you know what? I'm going to say I was born a hustler because one of the uh, stories that I tell is in terms of meeting celebrities my mom was she was 17 when she had me so she was a young mother and back in the 70s she used to take me to all she was one of those mothers like i ain't you ain't staying with your grandmother wherever i go you going so i was fortunate enough to go to all those funkadelic concerts all everywhere she went i went so Mm -hmm. that's where my love for entertainment and music came from Mm. because she took me to all of those all of those concerts. So I remember back in the 80s when the first hip-hop concert called the Fresh Fest mm-hmm. came around. Well, first of all, I This met, is in um, Michigan? Huh? That was in Michigan? Re- repeat that one more time. Uh, the first hip-hop conference, I mean, festival, was okay, it? The first, it, it was called the Fresh Fest. It was Run DMC, LL Cool J, um, the Fat Boys, Houdini, UTFO, and is there somebody I'm missing? That was pretty much the highlight of that that first hip hop tour. Now, I uh, when Run DMC came out uh, with "It's Like That," their first single, mm-hmm. they came to Flint, Michigan, mm. and I was like, "Run DMC coming to Flint, Michigan? Oh man, I'm gonna write them a fan letter. Wow, and, and let and let them know how I feel. I'm gonna go to the concert, which was at a roller." roller skating rink i'm gonna go to this roller skating rink give them my fan letter and let them know how much i love them and i did that i wrote a long letter how much i love them and i slipped it under their dressing room door Mm. a young a young russell simmons came out and was like who wrote this letter and i'm like me he was (laughs) like you want to meet you want to meet the guys i'm like yeah so he brought me back to the dressing room, and I met my first celebrities, Run DMC. I still got the pictures. Wow. I had a good time. And Russell Simmons, here's the thing. Russell Simmons, which nobody know, knew him at the time as the Russell that we know him as, 
he was an unknown manager of this mm-hmm. group. So he gives me his business card and was like, keep in touch. And I held on to the business card. Like two months later, they're on tour on this Fresh Fest. My mom takes me to the concert. I'm by the backstage area. And I'm like, Ma, hold up one second. I'm about to go backstage and hook up with Russell. Wow. Hook up with Russell, okay? <laughs> so I take, this, I take this business card. I'm literally like 12 years old. Mm. Take this business card that he gave me, take it to the bouncer that's guarding the backstage. And I'm like, hi, I'm Catrice. I'm a friend of Russell's. He sees this business card with Russell Simmons. Oh, you know Russell? Come on backstage. So I'm like, man, this works. So I got backstage at the first hip-hop concert ever, and I got a chance to reconnect with Russell and run DMC. So I say all that to say is I think that, because that was hustle mentality. What made me think at 12 years that old. business card and go to this hip-hop concert and get backstage to reconnect with my friend Russell Simmons? Uh-huh. Uh, so I think that hustle mentality has, I think I was born with it. Also, and, you were, and, had a lot of confidence. Where did you get that confidence and from? And confidence. Yeah, I don't, you know, um, that is a good, I think confidence is something that you are born with or you work on to get. And I think after, <laughs> I think after I, by that time, I actually didn't have my teeth fixed. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 for some reason, I dug deep. I think that was the fan part of me that i was so in love with the music that i was like whatever mm. I'm, I'm i'm trying to be here and network with the, with my favorite rap artist because you know i'm in michigan i ain't in new york I, the right. only hip-hop that i see is on mtv right uh, so so i think it was that that was the fan speaking and i think that was the fan in me that said there's isaac hayes like Mm. My mother used to play his records like he's a legend. I don't know about any of these other people in here, but that's a legend right there. And so it took me an hour to get the guts to go over to interrupt his dinner because that's quite rude. How did you talk yourself into, how did you talk yourself up to go do it? Repeat that one more time. How did you talk yourself up to go introduce Uh, yourself to our Isaac A's? It literally, it took me an hour. But in, at the end of the day, I'm like, I may never see him again, ever. You mm. don't know. I'm lucky to see him right now, but this might be my only Did you have a couple of drinks before? Did you have a couple of drinks before? Or are you just, you know, just chill? Probably knowing me, if I'm in true Dr. Austin turn up uh, style, I probably had a little, little <laughs> something. It took me a little while to get the courage to do it. Uh-huh. But I'm like, you only have one shot to mm. do it and look what happened right so my my message to everybody is don't when you when you see somebody that you have an opportunity take it the answer might be no it might be yes you never know but don't count yourself out and right. look what happened right look right. what happened so okay so isaac hayes um was your first celebrity uh client then you got the Passar yeah. brothers list and you know yeah. you, you got a great pr person how did things develop once you got all that in place once i got all of that in place it developed very quickly my practice um really started to take off um, because i was unique at the time and there weren't any competitors unlike now everybody wants to be a celebrity dentist now but back then it was very special 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was in Dr. Thompson's office probably for another year and a half to two years. And then I, I, my, I grew so fast that I needed my own space. So mm. um, that was great that I was able to build a clientele and um, I was able to get my own office space in that same building. Oh, nice. Uh, I, one of the things I realized, how, however, yeah, yeah, it was a shoe store and turned that baby into a dental office. And mm-hmm. um, it was amazing. One of the things that I learned was that when I started my business, I didn't have any formal training. It was like I I asked Dr. Thompson, how do you do this or how do you do that in terms of running a business? I didn't know they don't teach you business in dental school. Mm -hmm. So one of the best decisions that I made was I hired a dental consultant, Mm. which cost about $10,000. But that investment really taught me the business of dentistry and how to properly grow a business, keep a business, and how to operate a business. So um, that once I did that, it was game game over, game over. Oh, how old were you then? Like 29, 30? You were still a young woman. I, I I know I look like I'm still in my 20s, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, yeah. So it was a uh, it was an amazing amazing start, mm-hmm. and just uh, uh, the other person that was very 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 key in those early years was um, meeting uh, Mona Scott Young. Mm. And how did he meet her? She, she was. Um, we actually got an award together when I. When people started to recognize me as being a young black dentist with my own business in my 20s, mm-hmm. um, I started like winning awards and getting awards. And uh, I got an award with Mona Scott Young and nice. we built a friendship. And at the time, she was um, managing artists with uh, Chris Lighty at Violator mm-hmm. Management. And Violator had Missy, had Puffy, had 50 had LL and a whole bunch of people on their roster. And basically, uh, once she became my friend and client, Busta Rhymes, she started sending me her roster. Wow. And that that started to, I got Buster had been with me for over 20 years. Uh, Missy King, uh, Eva Marcel was on her roster as a um, when she won America's Next Top Model. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, Nori was on the roster. So I started to get more of my celebrity clientele just by having the relationship with Mona. Uh-huh. And then 20, 20 years later, when Mona has Love and Hip Hop, and she has this new unknown girl on her show called Cardi B., Oh, okay. Everybody is talking about her teeth and how she talks. I get a phone call 20 years later from Mona, like, girl, Cardi wants her teeth done and I want you to do it. And just amazing how a relationship, Mm. uh, a business relationship and friendship and just nurturing those relationships, you just never know what it will do for your life. And that's how I got Cardi, one of the biggest clients in my life. Wow. Did you have staff or are you just a one-man, one-woman show? I am currently, um, I sold that business that I have, uh, built um, from scratch in 1998. I sold the business in 2017 when my lease was up. And um, now I have reestablished. I've downgraded. I don't have a staff. I basically work by appointment 
just doing cosmetic dentistry. Um, from working with Cardi and doing her smile makeover, I've had lots of interest from people all over the world who want their teeth whitening and their veneers done. So uh-huh. that's all I do now. No more fillings, cavities, cleanings, all the general dentistry I don't do anymore. Wow. And, um, so now I'm downsized, but yet still just zero, zeroed in into what I love to do, which is the cosmetic dentistry and uh, every, making everybody, not just the stars, feel confident um, and, and feel the power of a smile. And I can really relate to the people because I know how it felt growing up mm. not feeling confident about your smile. So right. as a cosmetic dentist, I can I understand and feel their pain, and I'm very gratified when I can change somebody's smile in a week and just give them a whole new aspect of their lives and help them feel confident and conquer the world with their smiles. So you seem to like you pivoted. You you you, you stopped from being like a general dentist. Yeah, yeah. What made you do that? Yeah, it was really well, you know, when my lease was up on 57th Street, I had the choice. Do I sign another 10-year lease mm. and continue to do what I've always been doing? Or, you know, this has been 20, it was 19 years that I ran that business. And I'm like, okay, um, I have the opportunity to not sign the lease and do, you know, do what, do something different. Because I just felt like if I kept doing the same thing that I had been doing for the last 20 years, that I would be stuck and felt in the rut. And I had been, um, I, I had written a couple books. I was on the speaker circuit. Um, when did you time to write books? <laughs> when did you find the time to write your books? <laughs> you know, it's like that hustle mentality. I am a night n- night owl by nature. Um, so I do a lot of my work right now at night and always found time. I'm like a forever college student. Even mm. though I might work until 8, 9 o'clock, I have a drive and I have most of my energy at night. So that's wow. when... Whatever more whatever morning is for people, nighttime is that for me. That's when I can think. That's when I'm creative. You're and not I tired. You're not like, tired from a long day. I, 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 I discovered that I can live, and it might not be the if any psychologist or person uh, that counsels would tell you sleep is really really important. Now I probably should do a little bit better, but I can manage up of four, four hours, five hours of sleep, and I'm good. So, mm. um, yeah, I I could go to bed at 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm not a morning person, so my office hours never. I'm not that open up at 7, 8, 9. Nope. Uh, I will see y'all at 11, and I'll go to 8 or 9. I'm the night crew. I'm, mm. the, I'm the, 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 the second shift. So, yeah, I am... Um, I, I am creative, and so during this coronavirus uh, and COVID quarantine, I'm, I didn't wrote another book. Two you wrote a book? Like, I'm getting I'm Oh, yeah. It's coming out next week, baby. It's on. Oh, wow. So I, I, am, I am thankful for this downtime where people are complaining that they're bored. I'm like, I got time? <laughs> wow. It's on and popping. Two webinars, a new book. Um, all kinds of stuff popping off. So that's um. That's, How the hell uh, that's you the stay hustler. so focused though? Like, 
you know, you know, every, you know. <sighs> what what? It's just your mindset, and I and I. My mother is very. She's that mother that um that that is very motivational. That's inspirational. Um, she feeds, she keeps me on my toes and I just stay positive a lot because of her. And it's just about the, the, um, the, the law of attraction. If you're thinking negative, if you're thinking about bills, if you're thinking about how you're going to make it, we're all in the same boat. We Mm. all are not working right now. We're all, nobody can pay their rent. Honestly, right now we ain't making money. So it's an economic challenge. But just think about the good things that you like. You have time to sleep, to to create and work on those projects, organize. So I'm thinking about the positive and all the things that I do have time for. The things that make me happy. I can't be in the club right now, but darn it, be nice is making me very happy right now. <laughs> I feel like right. I am in club quarantine and I'm still able to network with people. I have actually made more connections during this corona covid quarantine like people are at home if you want to get at a celebrity you better get in them dms wow you don't mind sliding in dms huh i am in the dms like i was talking to some more yesterday d nice was on my live two nights ago what yeah like this is the time if you're not taking advantage and not seeing the the good part of what this is for, mm. you you are missing out. Oh, you're a straight I hustler, girl. I am in people's girl. DMs. Mm-hmm. This is it. Let so, me ask you yes, something. Economic... Have yeah. you have you ever had a down point during this journey? You know, you seem like you always keep <sighs> keeping it going. You you always like making something happen. Have you ever had a down point? My the the two down points. The first down point was in 2008 when the recession hit. Um, I felt it deeply, mm. um, and and I feel for the people. I am lucky that I'm downgraded now. I don't have employees. When I look at the news, people are like, "Man, I need to open my business so my employees can eat." Well, I don't have that problem right now. But in 2008, when the recession hit. That was very hard financially, and it did take a toll on my business because nobody was thinking about getting their teeth done. That was the last thing that they were thinking of. Mm -hmm. So that was a little bit of a challenge. And then the second challenge was when I did decide in 2017 to sell my business, I did sell it to uh, what's happening in dentistry is all these major corporate dental chains are buying up the little man. So Mm -hmm. it's the same thing that happened with pharmacies. All the little mom and pop pharmacies got bought out um, by CVS and um, Walgreens and the big chains. Well, that's what's happening with dentistry. Mm-hmm. And I sold my practice that I put my blood, sweat, and tears in to one of these dental chains. Mm-hmm. And they said everything, the right things. Oh, we're going to take care of you. You can just do and be who you want to be and keep doing your cosmetic dentistry. And you could go home at the end of the night. We'll take care of the paperwork. We'll do all the marketing. We're going to do billboards and, and train subway ads. We're going to blow this thing out of the mm. water. Because they were mainly in located in Queens and Long Island. So my office on 57th Street was going to be their big introduction into Manhattan and really build their brand on 57th Street. Mm-hmm. And, and and trust, they wouldn't have been able, what I learned is they wouldn't have been able to get on 57th Street 
without having somebody with a lease. Like my lease was crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the rent, even though it was a, actually my block was called Billionaire's Row. Mm. So to get on my block would have cost you <laughs> a lot of money. But because I had this locked in lease, mm-hmm. they really bought me because of the lease. They mm. didn't really want the business. But me being like anxious to get, you know, get this responsibility off my 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 hands so that I could continue to build my personal brand. Uh, I sold to the wrong people. Mm. And as soon as I signed on the dotted line, they didn't do anything that they said they were going to do. They did no marketing. They did nothing. But now I'm an employee working on commission. Well, this is right after I popped off with Cardi. I'm getting, before I sold, I'm getting 100, 120 new patients per month. I'm rocking. Right. When I sell, the next month, we're down to 10 new patients per month. Now, I'm working off commission. All the staff members are getting an hourly rate. I'm on commission. So my livelihood depended on us having patients Mm. and me doing the smile makeovers that I had been doing. First month, I made $800 in commission for the month. What? Second month, another $700. Third month, I get that final $800 check, and I'm complaining. I'm like, yo, guys, I'm used to making money. What what are we doing here? They're like, oh, we working on it. I'm like, well, y'all not working on it? This is my brand. Let me tell y'all what I was doing to keep this, let me tell you how I was getting a hundred new patients per month, but they weren't interested in that. Mm. So by the third month, I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I took all my belongings, packed up, wrote a a, a letter saying I quit, and I was out. Damn. Y'all, y'all want to run this business? <laughs> you you know you know. It's like watching. That was my baby. I know. I, I know. How was it? How did you feel? How it, did? You, how was it walking away from that? Oh, it, it was the most depressing. You did that the first time that I could say I was depressed in my life because it's nothing. It's like watching your kid mm. just deteriorate. Like your baby is just going down. It's like watching your kid deteriorate, and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. And, and no, everybody else is happy because they're getting their regular paycheck and benefits. Mm. health insurance i wasn't getting any of that stuff so they feel secure and i'm like screaming like but what about me the own the, the person that built this brand right <laughs> and they didn't care so um, are they still around out, huh are they still, that one more time are they still around they still there they you know they they got the money they got the money to i don't know how they're doing but they're still there so that's why i had to walk away and I actually lost hundreds of thousands of dollars because when I sold, they didn't give me all the money up front. I was supposed to work for three years. So what? I was supposed to get a, a little bit at a time. I got some money. And so th- for them, they were like, well, we gave you X amount of dollars. You good. Why are you complaining about your little measly paychecks? You, We gave you you know, X amount of dollars. So so what? You're not making money. You got money. We gave you money. And right. I'm like, how you go? How you gonna count my money? Like that was supposed to be for my retirement, right? Huh, baby? Like how you gonna tell me I gotta live off this money uh, that you gave me? Don't don't count my money. I need to make 
a regular paycheck. Right. And so we, we, I had to break that contract, lost so much money, but I had to walk away was, was for my sanity was, I'm like, God is going to put this money in my, in my pocket somehow, some way I got to have faith. Mm. But this right here, I'm not going to sit for another three years and watch my baby go down the drain. Mm. I'm not going to, I can't, I can't. Did so, your did yeah, your staff? I, how did the staff? The staff was good though. Say say that one more time. The staff, just your staff. They, I think they're good. When I walked away, because what I realized is the my staff actually kind of teamed up with the new staff, the people that they brought in, and it was more about you know we got to follow their rules. We mm. work for them now. So where you thought that there would be loyalty, that they would, like, look out for me or voice things that weren't going right, they were like, I'm not rocking the boat. I got full health and, and, wow. and retirement plans. They're not good. Uh-uh. Dr. Austin wow. on her own. Oh, well, that's her problem. Wow. So I, when I walked away, I left, you know, patients. I can't see any of the old patients from that office because of legal reasons. I walked away from staff. And I literally had to start all over. So when you talk about down, I gained mad weight, eating, drinking, Damn. Like thinking I need it. Like it was very, very hard to 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 just walk away from the business that you put you you put your blood, sweat, and tears in. But I figured it out. I started a product line, so now I have my own teeth whitening products. Mm-hmm. Um, I I. Um, decided that I was going to actually bought a building in Flint, Michigan okay. um, and just said, you know what? I'm going to start a business back in Michigan. They need to have pretty smiles in the Midwest too. So for those who don't want to fly to New York, come to the Michigan office. My mom is there. She helped me run the business when I was uh, owning the business on 57th street. So we basically just actually expanded and started a, pr- a practice in the Midwest in Flint. And um, I found a space in Brooklyn far enough uh, legally that I could still work in New York without breaking my legal contract. So I'm in wow. Bay, Ridge, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. I feel bad and sorry for the old patients that I've had for 20 years, but I can't see any of, any of those. Wow. And it was a fresh start. But fresh start Including your celebrity clients? Um, oh, so I got, um, in the contract, I got to list like five people that I could see. Um, upon leaving, and so of course I'm up. I put my Cardi, put my DJ Khaled, and my mama, and a couple <laughs> other key, couple key people that I needed to, that I wanted to be able to take with me. Mm-hmm. But other than that, um, I had to start all over. Do you regret selling? Was, I don't. Um, if I, in the beginning, I had doubts, but in 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 retrospect, the way my life is now. Um, I've been able to design it exactly how I envisioned it. Mm. Um, and so I'm, I'm actually monetarily I'm at the same level as when I sold, but not the responsibility, all the staffing and the tax payroll taxes, all that stuff is gone. Mm. And then I was able to expand on my speaking business, my product line. Mm-hmm. Cause I have been a spokesperson for every brand, Colgate, Crest, Sensodyne. I'm like, why am I promoting these brands when I can have my own? Mm. So figured that out, and now I promote my products. Yeah. And uh, now I'm able. I've just spoken Australia, New Zealand, 
I'm able to share my message and inspire people all over the world. And, wow. um, so what are the lessons time, from that experience? What are the lessons you took away from that experience? Um, the lessons would be, um, you know, be true to yourself. I could have stayed in, 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 got to the end of that contract. But when you are, when your spirit doesn't align with what you're doing and there's a lot of people who are out of work night right now, Mm -hmm. this might be the wake up call for you to reset. You hated your job and then damn it, walk away from, you know, like plan, get your plan B going. There Mm -hmm. is a life that's designed for you. And I just realized that I had a bigger calling. Mm. I think I was meant to do what I did for the time that I did it. There are no mistakes in this in this world. Everything happens for a reason. And I have now discovered that I've come into my purpose um, to not only just localize my message to the people that I was seeing in New York, but take this thing globally. Mm. Um, the lesson number two, the one thing that I really did right is I trademarked my business name, trademarked my logo. So no matter what happened, I sold to the Smilist. Mm-hmm. I still have VIP Smiles, my mm. domain name, my business brand. People knew me. They didn't know me because of the Smilist. They knew VIP Smiles. Mm. And because I had trademarked that and I trademarked my uh, name, which is the, the Queen of Smiles. Oh, wow. Um, you trademarked that. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Trademarking is the way that you protect your brand. And boy, did that save me because I could reopen under VIP Smiles and there's nothing they can say or do it about it. Mm. Sorry. Right. Uh, so those were two of the lessons. And just don't be in a, a job. If you're not happy, if you have, um, if you're not happy at the thing that you love, uh, I hated going to my. It was a point I hated going wow. to my your office. own office. It. Wow. I hated it. I didn't want to go. Wow. Um, and so um, now I am happy as ever, and um, I've embraced technology. When I started all over, I was like, I'm going to do some teledentistry. I'm going to learn how to do these consults. I don't have to go into the office and and see people to tell them how much their smile makeover is going to be. And so when this coronavirus pandemic hit, I was already set up. I'm doing mm. consults online. I've been doing it. So right. where other dentists are like, I don't know what I'm going to do. My office right. is closed. I'm, I'm still doing the same. I'm doing meetings. I'm booked. It, seem, it seemed like, you know, God, destiny was like setting you up for this very moment. Even though you, it seemed yeah. like an L, you took like it seemed like you took an L, but it actually was a setup for for greater it things. It was a setback is a setup for a comeback. Mm. Is the famous saying. Wow. A setback, that temporary setback, was just setting me up, get out of that situation, and set me up for the biggest comeback ever. Wow. And you and that you're doing right now, taking advantage of this environment, which a lot of people is hurting. Hurting. I'm making. I did. I'm doing consults all day, every day, selling products. I was out today. People, you saw me in Times Square. I was uh, going to the post office because <laughs> people are ordering teeth whitening products. I got to mail it out. Wow. I'm sitting here making residual money as I speak, and it's a great, great wow. feeling that I'm not married to going to the office wow 
So how's so with all this stuff, hustling and doing your dentistry, building the practice, building your brand, how is the work life balance, you know, in terms of did you well, have any downtime? I I am one. I know they say don't mix business with pleasure, but I always do it. I'm always um I'm always traveling. Um even like I just spoke in New Zealand and Australia, I'm going to take my time out and explore the culture uh, and, and, and visit and learn new things. And that's what I do. So I love, I still love comedy. So I get out, go to comedy clubs. Um, I, I, I'm in the dance club. I'm actually still going to the dance club, still enjoying myself. Wow. So yeah, I am. Um, I'm, I have no problem balancing I am enjoying this quarantine because I'm back. I love cooking, one of my passions. But when you're busy, you're in New York, you kind of make the excuse, oh, I don't have time to cook. I'm going to eat out. I'm going to go out to dinner. I'm going to order in, seamless, all of that stuff. But now I'm actually back to cooking, and that's very therapeutic for me. Mm -hmm. And um, I have no problem balancing life. And I grew up as an only child till I was 15. So I have no problem. I have an only child. I'm an extrovert, but I have an only child mentality as mm-hmm. well. So I can be by myself. And this has been probably the best break that I've ever had where other people are kind of sweating it. I'm like, Jesus, in my whole 24-year career, I have never had a two-week, more than a two-week vacation. Mm. Never. Maybe right. a week and a half. But this has been the reset and break that I've always needed. So I'm taking full advantage of it. Right. Now, when I go back to work, it's going to be uh, insanity. It's going right. to be crazy. So right. I am enjoying it while I can. Um, any plans for a family or is it you just doing your Ooh, own thing? Yeah. Uh, I am at that point, And that's the other thing. I am not married. And I attribute that to me being married to my former business. Mm-hmm. So I think at this point now that I have freedom and I have the ability to kind of plan my life without the responsibilities that I would like to design for myself, mm-hmm. I am ready to um, to explore a family. I don't know if I'll have uh, physical children uh, through my body, <laughs> um, but uh, we will see. Um I am. I'm. I'm ready to to settle down. I'm, actually, I'm ready to settle down. Uh, you see how I'm struggling because I. I never thought that I would say say the words right. that are coming out of my mouth. Right. But yeah. I think. I think I'm ready. I think that would be a nice addition if I found the the perfect partner that could under. Here's the thing, and you probably get, if you got some friends, you know. I'm just saying, hook your girl up. I'm saying but it's gonna take a special person that could understand my drive and my lifestyle and not so be intimidated right, by it. Yeah, yeah. So if I find the right person, it's on and popping. I would love to have a life partner. Nice. Uh, I'm turning. A milestone birthday on Saturday. Oh, um, happy birthday. Saturday. Yeah, so I'm like, huh, how do I want to live the next phase of my my life? And I mm. think that is going to be a part of it. So what, part so, two, part three <laughs> uh, phase? <laughs> <laughs> part two, phase two, the second half. Wow. Two. Wow. In action. First half <laughs> was amazing. I, could Im- I can't imagine what the second half is going to look like. Yeah, you know, so I say, you know, if I meet somebody now, 
we still got hopefully another 30 years. So hopefully I got another 30 years on God this willing. earth. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a not long time to be with somebody married mm-hmm. and have a nice little family. Mm-hmm. Maybe he, maybe he'll have some kids and I'll be a stepmom. Right. Who, who knows? Right. So right. I'm excited for the future. Um, I'm, I would like a family. I would, um, I'm redefining who my friends and who my network is. That's also important. Mm, redefining. What does that mean? Like, are you getting rid of old uh, friends and bringing in new? I have, um, during this um, quarantine, I have actually reconnected with some very good friends. So that's good. And I have also discovered who don't give a rat's butt about me. Mm. Uh, um I found that out. I had a, a little surgery last year on my foot when uh, before I sold the practice. Um, I had surgery. You know, when you're down and out, you find out who's on your team. And when you're going through transition, you find mm. out who's who's on your team. And so I've been I've made my little list of people <laughs> who are really on team often, and I'm riding hard on it. And then just open to new relationships. Mm. I mean, it's it's I'm amazing. Open. It's like you still have that energy as that young girl that just left uh, Maryland and hit New York. I'm like, how do you sustain? Yeah. How do you sustain I, that? Like, it's, it's amazing. Don't, it's just it's in me. My sister is 35, and she don't she can't she cannot she can't keep up with you. <laughs> I will wear her little butt out. She can't hang with the girl. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, I am uh yeah, I it's an innate uh energy that I have. I'm glad that I have it. I hope that I keep it uh until I'm 70, 80, 90 years old. I I hope to maintain okay. maintain the same energy. So Wow, listen. Just talking to you made me understand why every time I see you always in the right place at the right time, the dopest energy around amazing people and they always like, "Oh, that's you know, that's my home girl, Dr. Austin. You know, everyone knew you. <laughs> so now I understand, I like, it's, you know, that energy <laughs> of yours is contagious, you know. And Thank I, you so much. People gravitate to it. So thank you for sharing this journey. Um, oh, thank you for allowing me to share it. And hopefully if just one person gets any kind of message out of it, I'm happy. Well, I think a lot. I mean, during the conversation, you dropped so many gems. So I hope everyone listen intently to your story because I'm not going to ask you like any messages, anything, any advice you want to give, you know, people who wants to be an entrepreneur who, who, who meets adversity because I think you shared that in your conversation, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So thank you for sharing it. And thank you for being so open and, and so honest with your, with your story. I know. I was transparent. Oh my God! Yeah, you are. There's no shame. Listen, the the most successful people from Jay Z, Serena Williams, all anybody that you see as successful has gone through some trials and tribulations. Have been told no. May have lost money, you know, during the course of their career. And it's just a part of life. It's how you bounce back mm. and what you learn during the journey that makes you a better person and helps you to win later on. So yes. I look at the smallest now and I'm like, yo lost boo. Right. You right. have, you have, you right. have the queen of smiles. <laughs> <laughs> right practice, but now bye boo. See, wow. you on the, see you at the top. <laughs> wow. Listen, you know what you need to sell? That energy. You bottle that joint up <laughs> and you Ooh, sell and child. pull it on the market. 
Oh my God! People, there's so many people who love to have <laughs> you, that. You buy some? You, you oh, got, shoot, you I need some. I got a couple of things I want to accomplish. I got I got to conquer some 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 you know the world and ideas that I have. I and I need your energy, honestly. <laughs> well, you you got my number. Whenever you need to chat it up or run some stuff or need a little motivation, I you got me. Well, I appreciate you, girl, and thank you so much for sharing your story again. I can't wait to share this my with pleasure. the. Say it with my listeners. All right, everybody, follow me at Dr. Catrice Austin. And if you need anything from me, any advice or dental services, VIPSmiles.com. All right, you hear that, y'all? <laughs> Appreciate you, girl. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much. You stay safe and stay motivated. And I will see you on the gram or LinkedIn or somewhere that we've been seeing each other. Oh, yeah. I'll be holding on to your coattail, girl. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to keep up. <laughs> All right. Take care. All right. Take care, girl. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you all for tuning into Reverse Ambition Podcast. It is really a pleasure sharing these amazing journeys with you. It may take some time for you to find your purpose and realize your dreams or for your purpose and dreams to find you. When it happens, don't be afraid to pursue them. Be more afraid if you don't. Trust God, trust your journey, and most important, trust yourself and it will all work out. Until next time, I am Kelsey Cooper, The Social Broker. Thanks again for listening.